book of Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. And I invite you, as we are uh, here together, to read it together with me. And that way we will together read the word of the Lord. Together, please. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is any worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And that God will be with you. Amen. The word of the Lord. This morning I have what's called a standalone sermon because it's not in case in any series. It's not in case in any part of any uh, uh, other teachings. But most of you have a little wooden coin with you, right? A wooden nickel? Who doesn't have a wooden nickel? Very good. Uh, I have some here. If, if one of you want to just come here and get the basket and pass them out, thank you, Jay. I, I, want, I, I really need everybody to have the wooden nickel with them uh, uh, while I preach and teach this because it is important that you have this wooden nickel with you. Now, when you live here, I'm going to please ask you, please, I'm begging you by the mercies of God, don't spend it all in one place. Uh, <laughs> But um, because uh, when I first came and I was hanging around during those th first three months, uh, I would be in the office with Pete and sometimes with John Spangler, and we would be chatting and, and just talking. And one day, Charles was around, and, and I knew Charlie dealt with wood. He does things with wood. You know that? Yeah. You all know that, right? Uh, and, and I asked him, you know, I need a wooden nickel. But I would like it to say in one side, love, and in the other side, forgiveness. Love and forgiveness. Yeah. Love and forgiveness. And, uh, and, and uh, he didn't say much. I thought I didn't get to him. So I kind of forgot about it. A few weeks later, he walks in the, in the office with a bag of things that were rolled up. I thought it was candy. Chocolate, no, it wasn't. It was a whole bunch, like 180 or 200 of these little wooden nickels. And I said, thank you, bro. And this is the time where we're going to use the wooden nickels today. Now, before I get into the wooden nickel, uh, show me your wooden nickel. Let me see the wooden nickel. You have it there? Okay, don't lose it. Don't lose your wooden nickel. Because today I want to talk to you about things from above. Things that come from above. Now, Scripture tells us, and we actually know this for a fact, uh, I'm going to test your, your life experience. Uh, rain comes from the, so it's from, it's from above. Let's use the word above. The rain comes from above, okay? Now, if you're in China, does the rain still come from above? Thanks to gravity, okay? Yeah, because can you imagine them flying off or planting a tree, and as the tree grows, eventually the weight would pull it out and fly off? I have those imaginations, and I don't drink anything. <laughs> but I have that vivid imagination. I like to, to think of things like that, you see. But the, the Lord Jesus also said in the Lord's Prayer that we're going to say later on today, uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. And we usually think of heaven as being where? We don't know. 
But why not? It's out of here. So if it's out of here, it's above us. It's beyond us. That's what it really is. Jesus also said that he was from above. He actually said that. And that he, was, he needed to go back to the Father, heavens, which is where? Very good. Now, uh, he also said that the kingdom of God has come. In one translation, said this kingdom of God has descended and is amongst you. You see? Uh, however, Paul also grabs the concept of things from above and tells us this in Colossians. If, there's, if you have been risen with Christ, seek things that are above. Hmm. Where Christ is. That's why. You see, because in, in, in our theology and in, in our Bible stories and history, we have a moment where Jesus said, I need to go to the Father so that when I am there, I will send you who? From where? From above. Okay? Do we get this? So technically, if we're going to be very technical about it, Jesus is not in my heart. Where is Jesus? Sitting at the right of whom? What's Jesus doing up there? No. He's not chilling. He's interceding for us, buddy. No, he's not chilling. That's good. I, I like it. No, he, he ain't chilling. He ain't chillaxing. By the way, that's a combination of chilling and relaxing. Chillaxing. That's my favorite one. But no, he's up there interceding. He's up there defending us because the accuser wants to do stuff. So he's out there interceding for us. You see, that's why the doctrine of the ascension is very important. We kind of ignore it. And, and do we have an ascension Sunday? No. There is no such thing because the ascension was a Thursday. We have ascension Thursday. If you always count... From the day of the resurrection, remember, these are not calendar days, they're lunar days. You will always find that the day of ascension is on a Thursday. It was a, seven, it was a question in an exam. And I knew it because I hung around the Lutherans. They celebrate that. Yeah, they have a special mass for that. So actually, if Jesus then went up to be with the Father, which was necessary. He said, it is necessary that I go up to be with the Father so that I can then send you who? The counselor. Who's the counselor? Oh, it's not Mrs. Wood. It's not Dr. Woods. It's not the attorney here. Okay, it's not the counselor. Not him. We need to do something with your hair, buddy. I've been thinking about that. <laughs> But, but, but you see, it is the idea that the Holy Spirit then comes, dwells, and powers, and functions that the whole dynamic of your life, my life in the church. That was a mouthful. But that's the idea. That things that are good are where? Above. And the apostle reminds us, seek these things, dwell on these things, set your mind on these things from above. Now, Parenthesis. What things go together? And, and, and this is difficult because I've dwelt with that topic now I'm shifting a little bit to get to this. What kinds of things go together? I, last Friday, I, no, no, not Friday. 
Thursday or something in the week, I, 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 I had a hunger, and it wasn't a hunger for anything that was around here. So I remember that one of you took me to what's called uh, Bobby's Cheeseburger. I didn't know where it was, but I looked it up, and I ended up having a hamburger. It was good. Oh, it was you. Your fault. It was a good hamburger. But what does a hamburger always goes with? Hamburgers and? Okay. Hot dogs and? Yeah. Ketchup. Yeah. Mustard or relish, you know. How about, uh, 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 Carmen, you and I. This is between my, my homie Puerto Rican girl and I. Okay. How about rice and? Beans. I mean, nobody thinks anything about on that. Who would think of anything different? Rice and beans. So these are things that go together. Sea, the ocean, and sand, usually. The moon and stars. The sun and? You see, things that go together. So if you separate uh, this coin, if I had a real coin, like a 50-cent piece that I usually have when I teach this, I have my... Kennedy uh, 50 cent piece. If I would have that Kennedy 50 cent piece and I would slice it right in half, what would happen to it? It loses its value, loses its identity, right? Loses its identity. So I want to share with you two things that come from above and are given to us that dwell in our hearts. Two things that Colossians and Philippi both are saying that if we are in Christ, we must embrace these things that are from above. In the text that we read and that is in, a, in, in our bulletin, these are things that Paul had seen Jesus had incorporated in his life, and he knows the value that these things from above have in the church today. So I want you all to have your, let me see your, your wood nickel. Okay, you're going to put the wooden nickel in the palm of your hand with the word love on it. Love on it. And this morning, I want to continue and finish to talk to you about love and do this. Now, what's there? Forgiveness. Switch. Love. Forgiveness. Let's do it again. Love. Forgiveness. Repeat with me. Love and forgiveness. To things in our hearts that come down from above. Let's do it. Love and forgiveness to things from above that come down in our hearts. So if these are two things, love and forgiveness. Come on, don't stop. I'm sweating it too. You guys are going to sweat it too. Love and forgiveness, forgiveness and love. Two things from above that have come down to our hearts. That in our hearts, they have come down from above. So the first thing I want to talk to you is about love. And I mention it that way because the word has been corrupted. The word has been overutilized. The word doesn't mean what it used to mean. Actually, we even question, do you really love me? And we've been together for 30 years. See, but, but we always have that doubt. We always, because really what the problem is that the love that we know as human beings, the love that we know in this sphere of humanity, is, it is an incomplete love. It is a love that only deals with the senses. It is a love that only deals with selfishness. 
Why do I say that? It, it is easier to preach this sermon in Spanish, particularly this uh, particular point. Because in Spanish, you have the word, I love you. But you also have the word, te quiero. Which, if I translate it directly, it is an amorism, a speech of love, but it literally means, I want you. And it has no sexual connotation. Don't, don't go there. It has n none of that. But notice my hands. When I say, I love you, where are they going? But sometimes when we say, I love you, we really mean, what's in it for me? You see? That's not the kind of love that I'm talking about. That is the human level love, where we give up because we're expecting. And yes, there are four or five words in the Greek that talk about love. And there is agape, which is the love in which God kinds of love. It is God's kind of love, which is unconditional. It is the love that stops blaming. It is the love that does not look at your ugliness, but sees you as you were intended and originally created in Christ. Sees you as that perfect person with a potential and a future in life. Sees you as that loving person with peace. Because what? Love and forgiveness. Come on, people. Love and forgiveness. Forgiveness and love to things in our hearts that have come from above. Okay, so love is from above. True love is from above. That's why in Christianity and in real discipleship, we really learn to love our wives like Christ loved the church. And I see couples looking at each other and how the Christ loved the church. But it is sacrificially that he gave himself for it. Dudes, that's our call. So it is love with me, love and forgiveness. Forgiveness and love to things in our hearts that have come from above. Secondly, the love that is in us is powered by the Spirit. I'm not talking about the lust. I'm talking about the love, the real love of God is powered by the Spirit. Who in the world could think that I could love so many white Americans? <laughs> and did you ever think in your life that you would even come close to love a crazy pink Puerto Rican? <laughs> well, it's happening. <laughs> And the problem is all powered by really the love of God in both your hearts and my heart. So it is a love that's powered by the Spirit. It is a love that comes from above. And guess what? It is a love that is built not for it to be warehoused in our hearts, but for, to let it loose. Let it go. Let it loose. I sometimes think, think of the love of God with my imagination. You know how it goes? As the liquid love of God as water. No matter how close you are, no matter how defensive you are, that love of God, which is liquid, will find a little crack somewhere and will sip through and will conquer your heart. It's there. It's there. So this love is that love with me, love and forgiveness, forgiveness and love to, to things from in our hearts that have come from.
from above. So now we know that love comes from above, that it is in us powered by the Holy Spirit, and that it is not to be shelved or kept. It is to be shared and given around. See, because love first, God loved us first. And whoever claims to love God and yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their sisters or brothers whom they have seen, how can you say you love God if you have not seen God? But he has given us this command to love God, love yourself, and love your neighbor. It is a kind of liquid love. Now let me share with you a couple things about the other side of the coin. I shared about love. Now let me share about forgiveness. You see, forgiveness of God, it's a choice. It is sacrificial. It is costly. It is abundant. It is deep. It is conclusive. It is free. It is transcendent. And guess what? It's absolute. That's it. If you go before God and say, Lord, I am sorry about this particular thing. And the next week you come to church and say, Lord, I'm sorry about the same thing. I wonder if you have learned to then forgive yourself. Because God has forgiven that. Actually, it says in Psalm 103 that he has taken your sins and has thrown them as far as the east is from the west. I add then he puts the sign and says, no fishing. If God does not remember them, why do you want to? If God does not want to remember them, why do you want to? So love and forgiveness, with me, forgiveness and love to things in our hearts that have come from above. So this forgiveness is a complete forgiveness. It is also free. How many of you paid for forgiveness? How many of you realize that you have been paying to get forgiveness? Uh-huh. Especially us guys when we get in the doghouse. <laughs> Ladies don't get in the doghouse. Where, 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 where do we send them? To the parlor. No. <laughs> you see? But yeah, you see, it, it is this kind of forgiveness, this kind of forgiveness that is in our hearts. It is forgiveness that doesn't blame anymore. So if you say that you have forgiven somebody in your life, that means that you will blame that person no more for whatever that happened. That's forgiveness. You stop blaming. That's what God has done with us. So in the same way, Scripture tells us, with the same forgiveness that you have received, forgive one another, says Paul. With the same kind of forgiveness, unconditional, complete Total. And obviously, again, this forgiveness needs to be shared. As God has forgiven you, forgive others. Forgive enemies. Forgive mistakes. Forgive even God. What? Uh-huh. But that usually happens in the counseling office. When people realize that they are really angry about stuff, and they're hitting and, and, and hurting people around them. But really, and that, it comes down to anger with God. And God will forgive you. And God will restore you. You see, because the love that we get from God is not only the human quality of love, is God's kind of love. 
So say it with me. Love and forgiveness. Forgiveness and love to things from ab- in our hearts that came from above. In closing, let me give you three keys or three principles, basic principles about love and forgiveness. That's what you're going to write down in your notes. The first one, love and forgiveness are both decisions. Yeah. Not a feeling. The scripture does not say, for God felt so good about the world that he decided to send his... For God so loved the world. So love is a decision. And if love is the other side of the coin of forgiveness, then forgiveness is also a decision. Because we never force God to forgive us. We could do nothing amongst ourselves or with ourselves or for ourselves to have God forgive us. It was totally a desire for God who had mercy on each one of us to forgive us. Again, both love and, and forgiveness is a decision. Second, both love and forgiveness, the kind of love that I'm talking about, and the kind of forgiveness that I'm talking about, it comes from above. It is not a human quality, even though we're using human language. It is not a human attribute. It is an attribute of the spirit. It is an attribute of our self as we are redeemed and made whole in Jesus Christ. So that our love can be perfect and our forgiveness can be perfect. Thirdly and finally, both love and forgiveness are not only a decision, and they're not only from above, but they are to be shared. And that's our story. They are to be shared. How many people out there live the life of the rat race, and when they finish the rat race of the eight hours, ten hours of that day, they end up in front of the TV, Disillusion with the whole system, disillusion with the whole thing. And all they want to do is what every individual does, many of them do every afternoon. We sink ourselves and numb our thinking, our feelings with television and entertainment. That's how we deal with it. That's how we deal with our guilt. That's how we deal with the lack of love. Some of us eat chocolate too much. Some of us drink. I heard this week somebody uh, shared with me that, that for one particular person, having that cigarette smoke is what kept it all together. And the reason is because the love that they have experienced in their life is not the love of God. The love has been conditional. The forgiveness I have received is, I forgive you if. And they don't know about this calling. They don't know about the love and forgiveness. Forgiveness and love. Two things that come from above into our hearts. So let me share with you. Let me encourage you to move quickly, act in love and act in forgiveness around you. Tell the story of the two-sided coin. 
to somebody this week. And to help you do that is what I'm willing to do. Call 1-800. No. <laughs> I was going that way, man. And like us in Facebook. <laughs> this is what I'm willing to do. I'm going to lower the price of the coins. No, I'm joking. Get off it. I'm going to give you another one. I have more. That way you don't have to give yours away. And you can remember as you go through the week about love and forgiveness, forgiveness and love, the two things in our hearts that have come from above. You see? And may God give you the grace to understand deeper what this love is. May God give you the faith to understand deeper what this forgiveness is. And may the Spirit of God move you into sharing the story of things from above. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are from above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds of things on above, not on things of the earth. Lastly, join me. Love and forgiveness. Forgiveness and love to things in our hearts that have come from above. Amen.